And now, The Fine Print with attorney Jen Rout. Fine print, fine print, fine. That's what our audience is saying right now, waiting for us. Well then, hi and welcome to the fine print with Attorney Jen Rout. I'm Attorney Jen Rout, and with me as always is my swashbuckling sidekick, Ben <laughs> That tickles me in awesome, <laughs> awesome ways. That's great. Swashbuckling. Swashbuckling. So you Ha-ha! become a pirate. Yes! Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 That's my new noise this week. Hi, how are you doing? How about you? Good, good, good. You know, kind of getting the. So we, we mentioned last week that we're starting the moving process. So we've got all the th- all the boxes and everything like that in here. So uh, yeah. It's, so it's nice and cozy. Oh yes, yes, and uh, yeah. So it's it's also very hot in here because the AC doesn't work so great in this particular building. Yet another reason why we're upgrading. Because so, Ben's hot. Yes. So hey, listen, I have this question for you. Um, so I found this really awesome thing outside and i want to know if i can keep it mm. well what's that thing because <laughs> it depends so it's a car how how great is it when you reach into your pocket or you buy something at a thrift store and then find an extra surprise inside no oh, yeah um you know, sometimes it's a twenty dollar. We're talking bill. about medical marijuana again. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're not. We're talking about like I mean, what happens? Like, okay, so let's say the thing I found outside was a wallet, right? And it did not have an ID in it, and it was full of cashola. Right. So yeah. then, is it finders keepers, or do you have to turn it into authorities? Are you asking my opinion or the answer for, to the question from a legal standpoint? Because Just before you, you we get may to be the misconstruing legal. our jobs on this podcast. <laughs> what do you do? But before we get to the legal, what do you do? Okay, you find a from wallet, a pull a moral money. standpoint, I'm going to look around and see if there's anybody in the immediate vicinity that you know, maybe looking for something or maybe, hey, is this that dude's wallet? Did this just fall out of your pocket? That kind of thing. Go to a local store if it's out on the street or something like that. I mean, just try to ask around. If it's nobody's, then... So do the right thing. Do the right thing, yeah. Okay. Don't be a dick. We keep covering that here. Right. That, you know, that's a rule to live by. At the same time, if no one claims it, in my opinion, if, if there's nothing around, there's no way to know whose it is or anything like that, you know, I mean, I guess you could post on Craigslist if you want to be prudent and say, hey, found a wallet in this area at this time, mm-hmm. you know, but if not, hey, they, you just got yourself a free wallet full of cash. And that's what most treasure trove laws say. But it depends on the state and it depends on the treasure. God damn it. You're going to ruin this for me, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. <sighs> So you go to a secondhand store and you buy a couch and you're moving the couch and you're, you decide I need to reupholster a cushion or these cushions because I just bought a used couch and well, I should reupholster the cushions. It's a smart move. Right. So you're doing that. And in the process, you find $41,000 in cash. In nice sealed envelopes. I didn't find any of that cash. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
Well, you find it. $41,000, and it's in several sealed plastic-type envelopes. And on one of those envelopes, there is a name okay. and address and right. phone number. What do you do? $41,000. You contact that person and say, hey, I found your $21,000. <laughs> Forty-one thousand. No, no. I said twenty-one thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I think mm. I was pretty clear, Jen. <laughs> That's not nice. This actually happened in the state of New York. I figured since since there was a pretty precise number and circumstances. <laughs> yep. So this happened in the state of New York, um, back in two thousand thirteen or fourteen, um, and in being a in a couch. In a couch. Yep. It was a lady who did not trust banks, and she had put her entire life savings in the plastic bags in the couch. Her family didn't know, and while she was gone one weekend, they donated the couch. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. In that situation, <laughs> since we're going to go for the, the morally correct thing to do here uh if you, if it has an envelope with a name and address contact the person you know right well and so the question is do you legally have to and it depends on your state but most states say yes so it used to be way 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 back when finders keepers loser sweepers yeah i mean it's kind of the fundamental principle that america was like found it on here right so, we found it we away. found it it's ours and, and all the native americans said well, well hey wait a minute we're, we're living here we're like nope nope you weren't here sorry bye right so yeah. if you find it most states new york california um ohio all of these states have rules that say if the identity of the owner is clearly identifiable you have to try to find that person or give it to a law enforcement agency to do so. California specifically states that anything over $100. Hmm. Ohio's not quite that clear cut. But it does imply, at least through various other laws, that if you know who it belongs to, then you have to try. Okay. Good faith and... Reasonable effort is what the general standard is. Is you have to make a reasonable effort. Now, those three roommates in New York turned over the money. The woman was absolutely ecstatic and gave them a thousand dollars. So hey, they did the right thing. Got a thousand bucks out of it. Hey, it's pretty low percentage, but you know whatever. <gasps> whatever. It's still someone else's money. Okay, so if there was no envelope. With no address or anything like that, then by the letter of the law in that situation, it's not clearly identified as to whose it is. Right. In which case, bummer lady, you just lost mm. forty-one grand. Well, how would That's you know you how to keep get your to money it. in the bank? But you well, know. All right. Um, but I mean, in that case, you're if you don't have a name, phone number, address, something identifiable, the most that person could do would be to call. The store where they got it because it was donated, so they probably got it from a secondhand store of some sort. Uh, yeah. See if they have a record of who donated the couch they bought. Yeah. But depending on how much time has passed, the records of the right. store. Well, who knows? I mean, I would imagine 
like if the lady went out of town and her family donated her furniture, which is kind of a bullshit thing to do anyway, um, you know, she would say, you donated that couch that had my life savings stuffed in the cushions, you idiot. Find where, you, where did you donate it to? And she would have gone and gotten it herself. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine in that situation, they must have purchased the couch kind of like quick turnaround. Like they just put it out on the floor and. You would think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but who knows? So in comparison, um, like comparing that to California, California actually has um, some strict penalties where you can be fined thousands of dollars or convicted of a crime if you don't try to find the owner. So in that case, as an example, two guys found a lost prototype iPhone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I, this. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was big news in 2012. Um, God, so that these... makes me feel old to hear that. Jesus. Oh, that how the... time flies. I know. But these two guys found a lost prototype iPhone. Now, you find a iPhone that is not on the market. You yeah. probably know it belongs to Apple. Yeah. I would guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Then again, would you necessarily know what you have? See, I think that's a pretty sound argument. I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, an Apple iPhone, even if it's a prototype, still looks like an Apple iPhone versus, like, an Android. It's not like the the jump is going to be that significant, you know, in in design differences. But at the same time, you know, if if it looks like an iPhone you've never seen before, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Right. And what they did next is is clearly they, they probably knew what the hell it was i would guess but uh, under that uh, or in that situation um the two guys who found the phone were actually charged under a california statute because it specifically states those who have knowledge of who the true owner of the property is need to take certain proactive steps they must make reasonable efforts to return the property right so, going back to the $41,000, the whole point is that you have to make a reasonable effort. That is the general rule to live by. There are exceptions in every state. Right. Um, including Ohio. Um, now, the next thing is, what about very old, 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 old stuff? So, specifically, treasure. And what would really apply to treasure trove. Mm. So... <clears throat> treasure trove this is, is why i got called swashbuckling uh-huh love uh-huh. it gotcha because we're right. going to talk about pirates <laughs> yep so treasure trove is when you find or come upon um buried treasure so coins jewels paper money buried or otherwise hidden these are considered treasure trove all right side examples so um <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> there actually are companies who go searching the seas for sunken boats or ships to raise the vessels to find the treasure. Hmm. That's what they do. Um, and these companies put together big expeditions. That I think we've awesome. Right. You may have all seen National Treasure, the movie with Nicolas Cage. So, based on a true story, sure it is. Um, but the company that staged the Alaska or the Alaska Antarctica journey to find 
the um, Charlotte. Shackleton. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they were, this big rich guy was funding the trip to very cold place to find the Charlotte. Yeah. And they thought that would find the treasure. Yeah. That's actually something that happens. Hmm. These guys go fund an expedition to find treasure. And there have been really a lot of new, newer cases anyways, where a company down out of Florida raised a ship, a Spanish vessel. It was actually a Navy frigate from Spain, sunk in 1805. Hmm. $500 million worth of Spanish silver and other treasure on board. Well, naturally, a lawsuit ensued <laughs> where... Spain said, nope, that clearly it came from this Spanish ship, our Navy frigate, that sunk. It is ours. Hmm. And the finder yeah. said, nope, it's clearly Spanish. I think the exact words were probably tough titty toenails, <laughs> Spain. So, something like that. Um, In Spanish. Yes. I'm going to pull up Google Translate and find out how to say tough titty toenails <laughs> in Spanish right now. So keep talking. Oh, goodness. So the big argument was that more than 70% of the coin cargo never belonged to Spain. It belonged to private individuals and merchants who paid a freight charge to have their private property transported, and then the ship sank because it's 1805, and, well, that's just kind of what happened when storms hit. So that's what they do. And generally speaking, treasure trove goes to the finder unless you can prove true ownership. So titty unas duras, Spain. <laughs> oh, Jeez. <laughs> I'm so proud of that right now. Uh, I no, knew. I heard about a, a similar situation. Uh, it happened in the, the, the early 80s. There was a, a, some kids that found like a, a map and, and were able to follow it and uh, went through this whole thing and, and ended up finding this, this huge... Uh, ship full of gold and, and stuff like that and, and mm -hmm. unfortunately the ship broke out and sailed away from everything and, and the, the ship was lost it was it was uh, called the Goonies uh. <laughs> oh the movie references happen in here yes so yeah so Pirates of the Caribbean used to stash their treasure everywhere so treasure hunters now can actually search for buried treasure maybe there's deep underground coves under Philadelphia where you can find giant cities of treasure. Or maybe not. Probably uh, not. I think it's safe to say probably not. But, you know, Masons were crafty people. So, that's... Are they? <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, treasure trove belongs to the finder. And that's the federal... On, I screwed that joke up. Were they? Were they? Were they? <laughs> right. I'm going to edit that together so it sounds better. Uh-huh. So, anyways, most states have recognized some level of treasure trove in their legal precedent, including Ohio. But most states have now edited that to, again, require that you make an effort to return the property. California, if it's $100 or if it's worth $100 or more, you have to turn it over <laughs> to law enforcement 
who will then try to find the owner for 90 days. If the owner doesn't show up for 90 days, it's yours, unless it's to, worth $250 or more, and then they have to make a public announcement and wait another ni- 90 days. Mm. After that... Seems pretty reasonable, to be yours. honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Again, try to return the property to who, whom it belongs. So, makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. Okay, but then there are some things that are completely protected. Oh. Did you know you are not allowed to have a bald eagle or golden eagle feather in your possession? Actually, I did know that. Ooh. I did know that. Specifically, the, the bald eagle. I didn't know about the golden eagle, but it doesn't surprise me that much. Right. Now, so my dad's an outdoorsman, and you know, the, at one mm-hmm. point he he was uh, I he was telling me that exact thing. That's literally the entire story that I started. Like it was going to be something <laughs> really fascinating. So there are not. certain artifacts and various other special value to history or there are protections because of endangered species and those kind of laws that will affect whether or not you get to keep it. So if you are out hiking and you find a bald eagle's feather. Or you find a bald eagle and just rip its feathers out. Right. I would suggest not doing that. But let's (laughs) just say you find a feather on the ground. It fell out naturally. Right. You have no idea where the eagle is. Yeah. You're technically not allowed to keep that unless you want a fine of up to $1,000 and possible jail time. Wow. Yep. That is the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. Huh. Who knew, right? And it specifically states that you may not possess, sell, purchase, barter, offer to sell, offer to purchase, or barter, transport any bald eagle or part thereof, alive, dead, or any part, nest, or egg. That's basically anything of the... Unless you... I mean, obviously, zoos and things like that get special permission. Well, they... Right. But that's because they are protecting right. and furthering the... Okay. No, that makes sense. Right. If um, this means you can't take even a part of the eagle, not a feather that you found on the ground... A single violation could result into up to one year in prison and a $5,000 fine. Good Lord. $5,000 for a feather that you found on the ground. Yep. Probably didn't even know what kind of feather it was. Yeah. There's other protection acts that include the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, which make it illegal to kill, sell, or possess any part, dead or alive, of a migratory bird. Wow. Now, that's interesting because we have Canadian geese here. They're called Canada geese, actually. Are they? Canadian geese. It's actually a, a misnomer. Oh. They're called Canada geese. Canada And at geese. one point, Canada geese were on the endangered species list. Well, can we get them off that list because they I, are everywhere? Good Lord. <laughs> I've been held up in traffic in, like, Double digits of times in my life because of Canadian Canada geese. See what oh, I just did? That's how yeah. See no, what these you things did? they're they're uh yeah, they're they're fil- I remember when I was a kid, like, you know, dad my dad <laughs> used to point them look, there's Canadian geese. He said it wrong. Um, well clearly <laughs> I, I said it wrong too. Yeah. So he said, Look, Canadian geese, it was a big deal. Oh wow, the Canadian geese. Now it's like, ah, oh, the goddamn geese. So yeah. No, I how hate do, geese. How, how do you really feel about them? I have made my feelings pretty clear on Canadian geese. Good. Now, did you know there's exceptions to who else may have the feathers and other such 
things of the migratory birds or an eagle? There are exceptions. There are. So, eligible Native American tribes. Oh, okay. Which makes complete sense. They have to first get a permit to own or receive eagle feathers. But once they have that permit, Native Americans may use, wear, inherit, or give feathers to other Native Americans. However, they cannot give those feathers to non-Native Americans. Huh. Interesting. So, that's just your one big exception for the eagle feathers. Weird. Right? Okay, so what if you were the descendant of the Native Americans? That like what can percentage? Be, it doesn't have a percentage. That can be passed down. That's why you can inherit an eagle feather. Interesting. From other family members. Interesting. So, that would be the exception. Huh. But who knew, right? <laughs> and, and if you have one of these things, the SWAT team will show up just unannounced all of a sudden yeah. to reclaim that feather. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm making mm. that part up. I'm sorry. You had this whole thing prepared. And I spent the entire episode deconstructing the entire thing with dumb jokes about the and, goonies. And explaining that Canadian de- geese are Canada geese. They are. Just look it up. I, I'm going to Google this later. Go for it. All right. We're going to have to correct Ben at the end of next episode. If, if I that's find the case, I'm... you know what? I will stand by my punishment. But mm-hmm. I think I'm right. I don't think so. Yeah. Sounds weird. All right. Well, you sound weird. Right. How do you like that? So the last thing we should talk about is unclaimed funds. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. So every state has an unclaimed fund repository right so this is where anyone who finds money or has money for instance attorneys people leave money with us all the time they put it in our trust account that sucks for you man we can't touch it that does suck for you actually (laughs) so so it is not our money it goes in our trust account as attorneys um and for i have this problem right now actually a company deposited a retainer with me I haven't heard from the company in years, like five years. So this money just kind of keeps following me around. It's there. It's $500. I can't reach anyone at the company. Hmm. I don't think the company exists. I can't find the owners. At some point, I will turn that money into unclaimed funds. And that goes into the state treasury, essentially, to hold. So at no point you will ever get that money? No, not my money. That's bunk, man. But but they put in a retainer for you, though, didn't they? They did, but I never did any legal services for them. Wouldn't you consider trying to call them about the money legal services? I would not. I'd call that administrative, but <laughs> in theory, I could. But that I loopholes, man. My right? my ethics would say no. Oh well. But, have no loopholes, apparently. Yeah, so Ohio especially put in the, or amended the Ohio Unclaimed Funds Act um, back in 2007. I think it's been updated once since then. But it basically summarizes all the things that can, or all the types of money that can go in there. And that okay. would include certain lottery winnings hmm. that are never claimed. Sometimes if they're not claimed within a certain amount of time, they can roll over into other pots. Um, do you get like emails from like, well, you, you know about this stuff on a regular basis anyway, but do you get emails from like friends and family? Have you checked your unclaimed funds? I get this from my dad all the time. 
Yeah. And, you know. I don't. But and I always check, and it's like I go in there, and there's like a total of like, you know, $37 in there. And it's like, I don't care, you know. You have to file a claim <laughs> form. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> other places that might have unclaimed funds, and you really should check at least every once in a while. Yeah, like every once co- a year or so. Yeah, yeah, every year, every other year. Um, insurance companies. Yeah. When they have a refund and yeah. you've moved and you didn't leave a forwarding address. I've got them from like cable companies before mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, I paid too much on my final bill or something like that and they gave it back to me. But right. apparently they can't find where I actually am, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. Right. So that's the kind of things you're going to find in unclaimed funds. And that's the whole point of states creating an unclaimed fund yeah. repository. So there's a place for stuff to go. Gotcha. So help the public can find it. Um, so when you do find something, you can always turn in unclaimed funds there. Okay. Um, so that's another good place. Uh, going back, just because I forgot this, sorry, <laughs> looping back to being a pirate and looking for buried treasure. Um, most states do have finders laws where you can get a permit to be a treasure hunter. Huh. Ohio has one. How much is this permit? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I need one of these permits. <laughs> right. But it's for the purpose of locating, delivering, recovering, or assisting in the recovery. Does it have to be specifically for a treasure that you are currently looking for? Or can mm. I just get a permit to search for treasure anytime? I have. I because I really <laughs> want a professional affiliation that I am a treasure I, hunter by trade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to... Uh, log on and figure that out um but it it, you you cannot receive a fee for it so you can't get paid to do so just to treasure hunt no i know i can't i I can't Mm -hmm. earn an income unless i actually find treasure i get that okay i just want the title of treasure hunter Well, so how much is the title of treasure hunter? I, I is, don't know. There's we can point you in the right direction. I, I can't tell you how much the permit is. <laughs> next time. On, next time. Next time on the fine print. How to be a treasure hunter. <laughs> how to get the title. The treasure hunter. Of treasure hunter. Can't guarantee you any success. <laughs> but there's also finders out there who will find for unclaimed funds or try to return funds to those who funds are unclaimed so that's all tied into those laws as well sweet so yeah yeah fun times so with to reiterate check funds. your unclaimed funds there's a website you can go to in most states i would imagine i don't know yeah. how it is works overseas but you know we're not trying either. to cover that but uh there's websites you can go to it's usually like whatever your state.gov and you know unclaimed funds something like that just do a a search on Google or something like that, you probably yep. find it pretty easily. Quick Google search, it's almost always yep. at the Attorney General. And if you office. find a set of car keys in a parking lot and you can figure out what car it goes to, that car is technically yours at that no. point. No. Yes, that is that's what we no, covered today. That, that is not what we covered today. <laughs> don't ever, ever, ever listen to Ben's advice ever. Seriously, don't really, <laughs> <laughs> really, oh, not yeah. about this stuff anyway. Right. So, anyways, you can go be a treasure hunter. Don't don't steal bald eagle feathers. You can make some money. Yep, perfect. Good. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Go be a pirate now. Yes. So. <laughs> anyway, so now I'm looking forward to your joke of the week, as always. But before we do so, let's cover our housekeeping duties here. 
If you would, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook. That's our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, contact us in any ways um, about past or future episodes. If you are, are already following us, Thank you. We love you. Got that? All nope. right. Perfect. <laughs> well done, professional broadcaster. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Route every week. And if you're a Twitter user, I am at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. Jen is not on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I'd like to also make a couple mentions just one more time. Uh, we are moving uh, Boxland Media to a new location. Uh, and there is a possibility of a lapse in between maybe a couple episodes that might fall off the radar. We're going to try to make that not happen. I maintain unacceptable, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, it's uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, and when we get to the new place, you're going to be really happy with the sound quality. It's going to sound a lot better than how we've sounded lately. So, um, and uh, I have some cool things that are out there in the wide world. I've got a new podcast that's going to be coming. No release date on that yet, but it will be within the next few weeks uh, called uh, Eating the Elephant, which is a story... Uh, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs about being an entrepreneur, uh, just how people get started, how they get into the whole thing. And then the other one is a trailer for my documentary film just came out uh, called uh, Slot Machines. It's about slot car racing and the weird world of people that, that are involved in the whole thing. So it's very cool. Uh, look that up on YouTube and you can find that on uh, Boxland Media's Facebook page. I think those people should be offended that you called them weird. Everybody's weird. You're weird. That's fine. That's I know true. all the weird things about you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Anyway, if you're new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. If you like the show, we would really appreciate it. If you could take a few minutes out of your day, head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Sure would. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. Sure does. And finally, we would like to thank all of our listeners. It is because of you that our podcast even exists. If you would like if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and remember, sharing is caring. We are all over the speaking thing today. I'm doing a little better than you. Yes, you are. So, you know. Uh, uh, but, Jen, uh, would you like to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week? Uh, absolutely. All right. Well, <clears throat> how many lawyer jokes are there? An infinite amount. Incorrect. There are only three. The rest are all true stories. Oh. Uh, ha ha! <laughs> Funny as always. Yes. Well, until next time, folks, I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Attorney Jen Rout, explaining again, ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature and does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.